Welcome to another episode of Haven of Horror. We're on episode 18. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching, listening on Spotify or other platforms, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a different episode count because I didn't upload some of our early episodes because, well, they were kind of bad, just to be brutally honest. <laughs> well, they weren't too bad, but, you know. They were bad because we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, I think we've gotten the groove down um, between me and me and Milton here. And today we are discussing a genre that is very close and dear to my heart. Zombies. But before that, uh, if nobody has noticed, and I'm sure you all did, we have a new logo. Thanks, uh, courtesy to my best friend, Fabulously Terrible, as he goes by online. So I just want to say thank you to him for that. Uh, I really dig the, the white text. Yeah, and... I think it looks great. And uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Anchor or any of the other platforms, thank you very much for that. Uh, we have about hit 100 listens between the few different platforms. Um, and words just cannot express how much I appreciate you guys for listening to this uh, to this podcast. Uh, horror, obviously, is a, a genre that I, I love very much, and I get to enjoy talking to it, talking about it every week uh, with this guy kind of stuck with him but you know <laughs> i'm kidding what's new with me he, he offers some unique perspective because obviously you're you you weren't much of a horror guy before this right no not really i watched a few horror movies here and there but it wasn't um wasn't usually my thing but uh, i have grown an appreciation for this genre now yeah and so. and that's part of the fun in this for me is just watching him you know learn to appreciate this genre yeah. Um, Despite certain entries, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. So, I don't really have any other announce, uh, too many announcements. Although I did want to share some news with you guys. If nobody has heard, uh, it looks like the new Evil Dead film is going to New Line for production, which means it is coming to HBO Max. I personally am okay with this. I don't know how I feel about this new Evil Dead project. Uh, I like that remake well enough, but I don't know. It's just all the right people are behind the scenes, but like Bruce Campbell's not in it. And it's just not Evil Dead without Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, like if you're not going to have the most recognizable face as, you know, the protagonist of this story, what kind of story are you trying to tell? Is it just, because it's the Evil Dead remake is fine, but it's also kind of just a horror movie. Whereas, you know, the original Evil Deads kind of are transcended because of just Bruce Campbell's presence on screen and what Sam Raimi is comfortable doing with Bruce Campbell. So, but uh, last, that's really all I just wanted to mention because that's really the only big horror news that I've seen this week. Um. And obviously, we haven't been doing news lately, just because it is hard to keep new, like fresh news to announce every week. But I thought that was interesting. So I, I think we're just going to do this in release order. Uh, obviously, yeah. quite a long time between these two movies, uh, and a director that has changed quite a bit from two thousand four to two thousand twenty one. Yes, very much so. So, because I'm curious, and I, I think this is your first time watching both of these films. Mm. Tell us about Dawn of the Dead 2004. Yes, Dawn of the Dead, um, as I said, 2004, is directed by Zack Snyder and written by James Gunn. 
which I found to be interesting. Um, sorry, got in broke for a second. But yeah, James Gunn is the writer for this, which I found to be pretty cool. We also happen to get a cameo from Tom Savini as well in a, one of the roles. But yeah, the essential thing is uh, not a whole big plot thing uh, with this movie. It's a nurse uh, gets exposed to the zombie outbreak pretty quickly. And eventually she and a group of survivors make their way towards a shopping mall. And that's where we spend the majority of the movie until they become a little stir-crazy and realizing that they don't want to stay in one place for much longer surrounded by zombies. They want to make their way towards an island for refuge. Yeah. Yeah. So this obviously doesn't hold a candle to the original, um, but the original is like the zombie film. So for anybody out there who's listening who expects us to like trash on this movie because it's not as good as the original at least for me i I don't want to put words into milton's mouth uh but that is not going to happen because there was no way in hell this was ever going to even live to the up to the original the original is the zombie film it is where every like night of the living dead of course is the first zombie film but dawn of the dead is where everything all the rules are solidified where the you know the get the gore really starts to kick in but I think this movie is really good as just his own standalone film. Yeah. I, I I originally intended to actually watch the original Dawn of the Dead, but I decided not to because I wanted to see where this movie was kind of just isolated within my own perspective and then see the original one a bit later. And my personal opinion is it's like it's not going to be like the greatest movie of all time, but I like it. I think it's got some good character drama stuff going on. I think it makes effective use of the shopping mall. Um, yeah, it's got good action. Uh, some character dialogue could be better here and there, but generally speaking, I like the characters, or at least the range of characters that we're working with. So, since you since you brought up the Tom Savini cameo, mm-hmm. um, I love that scene because Tom Savini isn't the only cameo there, but if you haven't mm-hmm. seen the original Dawn, you're not going to get it. Uh, so the the army guy that's like that's kind of that's interviewed on the news, uh, he is in the original. He's one of the main actors, and um, the biblical guy uh, that's like he is uh, also in the original. And they okay, so you I could say this is fan servicey, but I think this is good fan service because they don't draw attention to it. If you didn't see the original, you're not gonna get it. But he comes back and he says the exact same line that he says in the original. When there's no more room on, in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Some people, I've, I can understand why some people might take issue with it. Because if you, just the retread might be obnoxious. But for me, someone seeing it for the first time, I don't find it obnoxious at all. In fact, I think it's a pretty well-delivered, uh, you know, series of lines. Yeah, and like for me, it's just cool seeing Ken Forey. Because like, that guy's awesome. Um. But yeah, so that, those are the three big cameos that I remember. Is you get the two act, two of the actors from the original, and of course Tom Savini, who did all the effects and uh, cameos in the original as well. Or not, not even cameoed. He's he's just in it. Um, I can't wait to to do an episode on that movie. That's one of my favorites. Um, so did any specific? Because we get a lot more characters in this film. Uh, the original film obviously is a much lower budget. It really only focuses on four characters. 
this movie has a bigger budget and they bring in more characters a lot of which are just there to be like gore fodder which i'm fine with like i'm here for the gore you know did any character stand out for you oh yeah certainly um usually the a lot of the focus is centered around the characters that we see the most of in the beginning which i can appreciate um you know i like the cop i like the nurse for me, the names of these characters do not solidify in my head because one of the weaknesses of films like these is because you don't exactly remember the names of the characters very well, but you understand them by the function that they serve in society. Because those functions will usually come out in the film. So the nurse, the policeman, the, the uh, TV salesman. Those are usually the big three. Those are the ones that stuck out to me the most. Of course, they're propped up a bit by their supporting cast as well. Um, the suspected deviant with the, uh, you know, pregnant wife, I say suspected deviant because the policeman is always throwing shade on him, possibly, you know, alluding to maybe the fact that he's not completely on the up and up. See, I don't think Um, it's even alluded to because even, even he says, you know, I've done some bad shit in my day. Well, I say alluded because we never know specifically what he's done, but, but to the point, he's a very interesting character because he kind of just spirals because of where his wife is at. It kind of leads to probably one of the more horrifying scenes that I've ever seen in a zombie thing where, you know, a zombie gives birth to a zombie baby. And of course, the way I describe it makes it sound comical. It's really not. It's horrifying and very tragic. So, okay. It's funny that you describe it that way because there is another movie. Uh, it's one of Peter Jackson's early films uh, where two zombies—it's uh, dead alive, and it's a, it's a horror comedy. But it has a zombie giving birth to a zombie baby, and it is played for comedy, like how you described. But this, what we see here, is obviously the very serious, like horrifying version of that. But it just popped into my brain. Um, but I, I agree with you that. I also don't remember anyone's names. I don't think they mention them that often. Um, not really. But I'm not, I can't even count that against this movie because, like, in the original, I can't remember anyone's names because they all have, like, really boring generic names. Uh, I only remember the one because he has a nickname of Flyboy because he's a pilot. But anyway, um, I love the the cop dude. He's probably my favorite. But that's mostly because it's Ving Rhames, and, like, Ving Rhames is awesome. Bing Rames is, you can't go wrong with that casting. He's probably the best cast role in this entire movie, honestly. It's him or the salesman guy. I really He's like also pretty salesman. good. He's played by uh, Jake uh, Weaver. Yeah. Uh, who sadly, it seems like he's just kind of like pops up in random things. He's not in, he's actually surprisingly in quite a few films from, yeah, even present time. Yeah, the most recent one he did was uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead in 2021. But he hasn't had a whole lot of uh, like mainline title stuff. Uh, White House Down. But other than that... You well, get and I, I saw that. that Those Who Wish Me Dead. It was alright, but he's he's a bit part. He's only in like the first 30 he's minutes in, of that. He's in the most recent uh, Midway movie about the Battle of Midway and 2019 but I mean, uh, you know the battle in world war ii the I, I, yeah and i think what this movie does is does well is it balances that zombie 
apocalypse, and it, it, and this is much more of an action film than the original is, of course. But you also just get downtime with these characters, yep. uh, which is much needed. And it, and it balances the two outright, two very well. And like you get kind of a, a bit of a potential romance with the nurse and uh, the TV salesman, and they have uh, decent chemistry together. I think it's an outright romance, because we get to the point where they're kissing, and I think they do they do like a an opening to a sex scene, but then cut away, like right before it happens. So oh, see, I say a bit because we get the makeout scene, um, but then not much else after that from what from what I saw, because other things get in the way, and so they never really. And then, of course, tragically, he uh, dies at the end. Yeah, and I legitimately feel bad for for the nurse and him because like they seem like decent people. I mean, I honestly feel bad for everyone, honestly, because, I mean, of course, I wonder if we should even say spoilers. I wonder this if we should even bother by this now. point. Now, I mean, not just for that, but every time we talk about movies, we're going to talk about spoiler elements to it. Um, but I almost wish that I had not seen the credits. I would have just shut it off, because at least there might be hope for these people. But, of course, in typical fashion with these movies... Naturally, things are going to get a whole lot worse at the end. You know, yeah. I'm pretty sure, and and I will continue to say it just because I don't, I don't, I don't want people comments being like, "How dare you spoil this?" You know, 18 year old movie for me, or however old this movie is. But um, so for the longest time, I never watched the credits because I didn't realize there was stuff after it. Mm-hmm. And it was only a few years ago because I've seen this movie quite a number of times. I saw this in theaters twice. Um, the first time I actually left early because it scared the shit out of me, but uh, I was like, I was like twelve, thirteen. This was one of my first horror flicks. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's evident that they all die at the end. Like, they get to yeah. the island and their boat runs out of fuel. They land at the island and they're immediately mobbed by zombies. There's no way they survive, and it's a shame because like I like these characters. Even even the mall security guards at the end, at least the two of them, I think, redeem themselves. Yeah, it's kind of. It's like he has nowhere to go, and so he at least goes for it. He's sensible at least to act with the group. Well, um, but he only has nowhere to go because he stayed behind to lure them in, and yeah. he ends up trapped. That's why. Like he doesn't he he doesn't necessarily sacrifice himself just because he's trapped. Like he's trapped because of a choice that he made. That's true. But I guess of this one thing, I'm not sure if I can count against it because the whole remake thing is that you want to stay true to, uh, you know, the tone of these movies, especially to Dawn of the Dead back then. I haven't seen the original. I assume it doesn't end well. And I I assume it ends tragically for everyone. Um, if it doesn't, then I question the decision of why you would want to send your characters to a, an early grave after you try to punch up the fact that there could be hope in the horizon. So so here's the thing. This mo- so this movie stays true to the 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 original in places, but it's also doing its own thing enough so that I am okay with them having a darker ending than the original, especially because so slight spoilers for the original. In the original we never leave the mall. Once we get there, we never leave until the vi- and that the end of the movie is the surviving characters leaving the mall. This movie, the moment they leave the mall, it is doing its own thing. 
So anything after that, I'm okay with. It's not like the 2008 remake of Day of the Dead, where the entire movie doesn't take place in a military bunker until the last 15 minutes, and then they're all cute about how, oh, we got this underground bunker, because the original Day of the Dead takes place in a military bunker. Um, I think this movie does a good job of balancing, yes, we are a remake to De- Dawn of the Dead. Uh, like, here's the mall, here's the zombies, now we're going to do our own thing. Okay. <laughs> But aside from that, Snag, I generally enjoy the movie. Um, yeah, Snyder's first film. Yep. Can't, and you know, it's crazy to think about, though, too, right? His first movie is a remake of one of the biggest horror films, like, ever. Yeah, we got, um, it's like some smaller projects beforehand, but this really is his magnum opus. Um, no, I, I disagree. No, I'm sorry. I take it back. Um, Oh no. Okay, there was one thing he did. It was called Playground, which was a short film. And it was also another 2004 short film that he did in the same year as Dawn of the Dead. But other than that, yeah. Well, let me rephrase. This is his feature film debut as a director. But no, but no even so, it's not a whole lot of experience going into a project as big as this. And uh, you get James Gunn as well, you know, starting out. I think starting out, or at least it's one of his earlier stuff. He had worked on, I think, the Scooby-Doo movies before this. Yeah, he did, um... He did four other feature films. He did Scooby-Doo in 2002. Uh, the specials, uh, Terror Firmer, and Tromeo and Juliet. Yeah, he did a lot of the trauma movies. Yeah. They're, they're like, C-grade or, um... I don't know. Yeah. I, I I've I've never gotten the appeal, but I'd like to try to watch some of that stuff again. Yeah, I like those. I I have a soft spot for those like trashy, you know, underground B movies. But anyway, back back to this film. Um, back to this one. Yeah. I I love how this film looks. It's stylized without not being overbearing about it. And I sure. think a lot of Snyder's like signatures start here. But it's almost a Snyder that's in control of his like style. It's probably be- before he got really obsessed with just slow motion all the time, and um, a lot of the he was definitely a lot more measured and probably had a lot less control over the project compared to some of his later stuff. So I imagine he probably wanted to play it safer with more uh, classic film uh, shooting rather than you know, trying to be a bit more experimental or be a bit more heavily stylized, like in something like Watchmen, for instance. Or yeah. You can clearly tell it's a Zack Snyder film because of uh, so much slow-mo, so much, uh, like, overexposed shots. But you, you get a lot of good filming here. You can clearly tell everything that's on screen, everything's shot well. That I can say anything about Zack Snyder, no matter if it's a well-written movie or a badly written movie. It looks good. Yeah. Um, the the opening, I think, is one of the best. Just, like, the opening, like, ten minutes with her just in her neighborhood is one of the best just, like, openings descending into chaos I've ever seen on film. It is pretty good, honestly. We get like the the first like fake out inside of the ambulance, which I I love that touch because 
if the movie is acknowledging, yeah, we know you're watching a horror movie and a zombie movie specifically. Yeah, well, red herring, and then then we get into it. And so I think the other thing that we need to talk about, and I think some of, I think this movie hasn't been kind of critically reappraised because I don't think many people liked it when it first came out. Um, but as time has gone on, people have been like, yeah, you know, for a remake, it's pretty good. The other thing I think we need to talk about, which was the big talking point from people I know who love like the Romero films, is the zombies themselves. This is very twenty eight days later. Uh, Esque. I don't know if you've seen that, but no, but I've heard of it. So the thing with Twenty Eight Days Later was it was the first film where the infected, and yes, for anybody who's listening, they are infected. They are not zombies in Twenty Eight Days Later. They are fundamentally different. But anyway, pet peeve of mine, they run. Oh, yeah. And in this movie, of course, they also run. Zombie movies up until 28, 28 days later, as far as I am aware, you get some stuff like Return of the Living Dead, but that's more of an outrageous comedy. Wait, I said Return of the Living Dead, right? Yeah, did you mean Day of the Dead? No, I meant Return of the Living Dead. Okay. You get stuff like that where they kind of run, but that movie's like more of a farce movie. It's It's really good, but it's a comedy. But in like a serious horror film, zombies shamble. They walked and they moaned. In this, they are, like, running and jumping and all this shit. And I think a lot of people were, were taken aback by that. But Probably. the fast the pa- fast zombies kind of just become a cultural staple at this point. So I think a lot of people went back and, like, yeah, you know, this movie is not as bad as we thought. I guess we're, we're definitely a bit more used to it now. Uh, we can also make comments on zombie strength and whatnot in, uh, you know, Army of the Dead. Let me talk about that film. Oh, later. I've got a whole thing about Army of the Dead. Yeah, but uh, so concerning whether people liked it or not, it drew in a profit. It had a budget of twenty-six million dollars, which was not a small budget for a movie of its time. Not the biggest one, but not a small one either. Box office one hundred and two million. So it got a pretty good return. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, they, I mean, like, let's be honest. This is a remake of the. The zombie film. Whether yeah. people liked it or not, it was it was, was going to get a draw from audiences, certainly. Yeah. Remember Dawn of the Dead? Remember Zambos? Um, yeah, I, I like it for the style of this film because it's much more action-oriented. And I think with an action movie like this, you need a faster, like more dangerous zombie type or else it's just yes. people mowing down slow-moving zombies. Um, I was yeah, I would say the montage scene certainly helps with the pacing quite a bit because although we want to get character drama stuff, just develop it with some quick shots through a montage to kind of establish how these characters have interacted with each other before we get to the next, you know, in some ways inciting moment to basically get people out of the mall. Um It also helps yeah. keep the tone a little bit lighter because that song is obviously that cover is very comedic. Uh, Richard Cheese is down with the sickness. Yeah, Zack Snyder likes his music references and other tracks, and sometimes to my critique, I think maybe a little too many covers. I would think, but um, but for the most part, the music choices are fine. Sometimes a little intrusive, though. You know, like the elevator music scene, I think is is a weird portion to try to break the tension a bit but 
Oh, see, I I'm just used to that in film. Be- By now, I guess we have to be considering everyone makes a comment or does something, you know, comedic inside of an elevator because the characters are stuck; they can't move anywhere. But... Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's not much else to say. This isn't a super complicated movie. It's not a super deep film. It's just it's a good time. And it's only an hour and like what thirty minutes, forty minutes? Yeah, around that time. It's a it's a reasonable length for a movie like this. It's not too dissimilar from the length of like the Romero movies back then. Oh no 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 no! The original Dawn of the Dead is like two and a half hours. Oh, never mind. I take back what I said. So it's more like Army of the Dead then. And, and I have a whole, I have a whole like I have multiple things to say about Army of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get into that, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I like the characters. Again, I like the whole uh, distant sniper on the roof. His interaction with Ving Rhames, I think, is probably one of the highlights of this movie that I really like. Um, there, there is also a uh, special feature on the DVD back in the day. And to show you how old I am, apparently, I had this on VHS tape when it first came out. So I didn't have any of the special features, uh, but I saw it on YouTube years later. But there is a, a special feature they shot for this, The Last Days of Andy. And it's like his side of the movie up until his death. Really interesting. I'll have to see if I can find that on YouTube. But uh, I thought that was a neat little thing to mention since she brought up the sniper. But yeah, I like him. I think it's kind of a haunting image after he's turned. Where they're like, oh, he's writing something. You know, what's he writing? And he just holds it up and it's blood. Yeah. It's darkly comedic in a way. What you could say about quite a bit of this film, where the zombies will act in accordance to their habits when they were alive, and then decide to just completely digress and, uh, you know, become flesh eaters. I feel like I take the zombies a bit more seriously as a threat because they're stronger and because they can run. Well, I I agree. Uh, And this movie, it feels more like the zombies are a threat. And it, like an overwhelming force. The thing with the Romero films is it was never about the zombies. The zombies were just there to be a catalyst for the story and for what Romero wanted to say. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead is is in in the original Dawn of the Dead a little bit because it's just an interview of the original. I'm kidding. We'll probably mention all this again when we do Dawn of the Dead, which will be soon because I've been the I've been in a zombie mood lately now, but. Um, the original is more of a critique on commercialism using zombies, which is funny that you mentioned that. It's the whole idea is that zombies come back to the mall. Right. They touch on that a little bit in this movie, but definitely <laughs> not to the extent that the original But I, If you told me that this movie would be about commercialism, then I would say I think you're looking into this a little too deeply. It's definitely more of an action movie first, character drama second. And yeah, I don't. I don't really see a whole lot of social commentary in this movie, aside from the idea of power dynamics, because we get, definitely get the security guards and we get some critiques on, you know, figures in power kind of giving abuse to it. Yeah, and then and then the common man takes over, and they're and they're much better at managing. But you know. Yeah. There's like a little bit of social commentary in like Army of of the Dead as well, but um, I think it's a little bit 
sloppier than this. Which, well, yeah. So anyway, um, I might as well I just think, talk about the second movie. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna move on to final thoughts about Dawn of the Dead. Um, I think this movie deserves to be on the list of all time horror great remake greats. Um, there's not many of them, mind you. Um, but I, I think this deserves a spot to be remembered fondly as a decent remake of a classic film. It doesn't touch the original, but nothing ever will, in my opinion, of course. You can enjoy the two. Yeah. You can enjoy both movies. That I enjoy them both for fine. different reasons, you know. Um, I'm going to give this a four out of five. Hmm. And I will watch this. I've been watching this since I was like 14. Of course, I'm going to watch it again. What about you, Milton? Final thoughts and score. I'll give it a little bit less with a 3.75. I think it's a fine film. I'd, I'd watch it again with a group of people if they wanted to. I don't know if I would watch it on my own again, personally. It's just, it's there's nothing wrong, wrong with it exactly. It's just, you kind of go into it, you get the idea, you enjoy what you watch. There's not really a whole lot underneath the surface uh, beyond that. But it is definitely interesting to see Zack Snyder's first film and to see one of James Gunn's first, you know, successful films as a screenwriter. Which is definitely an interesting conversation, getting into Army of the Dead, when we talk about dynamics between James Gunn and Zack Snyder in terms of production history. Yeah. So, just to give a little preamble about our next film, Army of the Dead, I was super excited when this was announced. Uh, I am obviously a decent Zack Snyder fan. I like most of his films. But I also, as we just got done talking about for like half an hour, I love his Dawn of the Dead. So when he announced, oh, you know, I'm going back to the zombie genre where I started, I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, uh, I'm, you know, what? And then the plot synopsis came out and I was like, a heist film in a zombie apocalypse? Sure, why the fuck not? You know? And then I saw the movie. Uh, so the basic premise of this movie is Dave Batista gets hired to rob a safe in the middle of a zombie infested Las, Las Vegas and he recruits a team and they go in and try to steal the safe. Um, my initial thought when I saw that runtime is Zack Snyder, you were not George Romero. This movie does not need to be two and a half hours. No, not at all. Real quick before we get into more of the plot, so the reason why I brought up James Gunn quite a bit is because Dave Bautista specifically, the main star of this movie, was going to be a part of the Suicide Squad, written directed by James Gunn. And he decided, you know, I, I guess he was getting an offer from Zack Snyder to do Army of the Dead, just looked at the script, said, you know what, I'm sorry, James Gunn. We're really close. We're great friends. But I think Army of the Dead is going to be better for my career than the Suicide Squad. That's a damn shame. It's 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 such a misstep. I don't understand what was going on with his head because if he was understanding the history behind this, he could have joined the franchise that Zack Snyder was leaving. Which would probably be better, honestly, with his oh, wait, departure. Sorry, you're talking about Batista? Yeah, the Batista specifically. Yeah. Okay. So I remember reading about that. Sorry. I thought you said Zack Snyder was offered to direct like James Gunn no. wanted. My bad. No, no, okay. No. So I understand where he's coming from though, because in the Suicide Squad he would have had a bit part. 
That's true. From my understanding. And he wanted to be the leading man. It is understandable, but then it turns out like this, and it's like... Yeah, but I, I'm just going to say it up front. He was my favorite part of this movie. Oh, no. He... Of a lot of stuff that doesn't work very well, he works pretty decently in this movie. It's just, unfortunately, some of the side characters that are supporting him that don't exactly give him a lot to work with, unfortunately. But he tries his best with what he's given. He's a good actor. I, I at the end of the day, I think I kind of liked the father-daughter relationship with him and that girl. Um, I would if there was more there. Because it's it's unfortunately a bit of a cliche, well, sorry, a trope, I mean to say, where you have the deadbeat father figure trying to reconnect with his daughter and they reconnect at the end when he dies. That is pretty much what it is. There's nothing that much underneath. And in the end, it makes the daughter look a bit... I didn't like the daughter at all, unfortunately. I'm going to fight you a little bit on that because I think it's a little more complicated than just he's a deadbeat dad. Because, if you remember, the whole reason that he's distanced from his daughter is he withdrew into himself after being forced to kill her mom. Right. So it's it's a little more complicated than this. he's a bad dad. It's he he didn't reach out because he was consumed with his own guilt and she didn't reach out because she was mad at him for not reaching out. It's and I'm not saying it's a great writing or anything, but I, I don't think it's as black and white. It's just he was a bad dad. No, I, I, I didn't communicate it to my, myself very well because, no, I actually don't blame him a whole lot because he's out there killing zombies it's like saving the Secretary of Defense. He's a busy dude. And of course he doesn't want to bring his daughter into the situations that he's in. No, no, but no. of course he probably shouldn't also be wholly separated from his daughter for many years either, but I don't know. That's a good point. It, okay. it, it gets difficult to judge because I feel like we don't get enough of the development so that we can take these this character's relationship very seriously. I almost kind of wanted to see the whole let's save the Secretary of Defense story over this. I would have... What I what I was wanting from this movie... Uh, okay, so I'm all on board on for the heist film that he wanted to do in, with the backdrop of a zombie. But with the movie that we got, I would have rather either seen that or just seen them trapped in a zombie-filled Las Vegas yeah, uh, trying to get out. That would have been more interesting. It... I was thinking when I was reading the synopsis, or even before that, if it was going to be a heist movie, have it be, they rob a bank, the heist happens, and then the zombie apocalypse happens, and then we get, you know, they're trapped in that space. That would be and awesome. We, yeah. Or, we do the Las Vegas approach. We do something similar with that, but it's Las Vegas. You get a bit more things to do with, you know, setting up cool shots, you know, exploit the Vegas terrain and whatnot a bit more. So I, I but you don't I think get I either actually, of that in this movie. You I get like a your, little bit. I like your first pitch better. I think yeah. just have the heist happen when the apocalypse goes down. They're trying to get out, and then you can still have your ticking time bomb of they're going to nuke the city. It's like a, it's a deconstruction of the formula where the innocents are caught up in the zombie apocalypse, and then there's a dynamic of these overbearing, violent figures that have them at gunpoint. 
you get a lot of that dynamic in some of these zombie movies. But getting it from the other end, what I think would be an interesting way to tell the story. Yeah. But although I will say, with what's here, I think you could salvage this in editing. This movie just needs to be cut up to pieces. Sure. So you could definitely cut up a bit of this to get down to an hour and a half. And unfortunately, I'd say cut out the zombie tiger stuff. Oh, no, God. I I think it looks cool, but it's very indulgent, and it doesn't really serve the story very much. Yeah, I I'm torn, right? Because like I love the zombie tiger, and like that's the stuff I came to this movie to see. Um, I mean, honestly, I would have cut down a lot of the second act, where it's them recruiting and getting into the city. And made that third act longer where it's just, like, gags in Vegas killing zombies. Like, that scene where they they lure the zombies in to, like, trigger the traps in front of the vault. That was great. That's what I wanted this whole movie to be. Yeah, I would say maybe elongate that section a little bit. Punch up the pacing for the recruitment, as you were saying. Like, as much as Suicide Squad is not a great movie, at least we could get through the... Uh, character intros very quickly in that. If you, and if you want to go with the whole Zack Snyder like stylization, insert that into this. That's fine. We get the intro we get the initial interaction between Dave Batista and his main female support. They have that thing. You don't really need to go into the whole uh, although I will episode. I will agree with, I will compromise with you a little bit on the tiger. Um and red just Face it, everybody on YouTube watches Red Letter Media. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, yeah. So they, because they talk about the zombie tiger, where he mauls the guy that's, you know, is inevitably going to betray them. Mm-hmm. That is a forty-five second scene. That needs to be fifteen seconds at most. Yeah, it needs to be a bit quicker. I was surprised at how elongated that scene was, just to see the tiger sphinx just get in, just crush this guy's skull. It was cool to watch. But you can get to that point a bit more quickly. It is technically more realistic if a tiger was to act in the wild. Technically, but... It doesn't make for engaging, like, watching. And it's, um, just, that, it's just that mentality throughout the whole film where we could we could go through some of these scenes a bit more quickly. And you can engage our attention a bit better. So I, I also find it fascinating with this movie that I'm complaining about the runtime. Because if anybody who's talked to me for more than 10 minutes about DC film knows, I love his DC films. And they are also very long. But I think they should be that long, if not longer, because there's a lot of grand ideas in those films. This is not Justice League. No. This is a heist movie in, the, in, the, in Nevada with zombies. An hour there, and a half. There may be one grand idea, and that is potentially zombie fertility. Because they do try to go into the idea of where zombies could actually reproduce, not just through biting, but also through actual, you know, fertility, which I find to be strange, but could be interesting between alphas. But uh, but we don't get into that enough. I uh... And I don't know if it's even worth talking about in a movie like this when we're trying to focus on a lot of different stuff already. So, so This is the, the zombie purist in me coming out. I'm so sick of smart zombies. Like, running zombies, I think, are my limit of what I will accept in a zombie film. 
anything more than that, I'm like, these aren't zombies anymore. No, uh, it's just, I do appreciate yeah. that he gives you a mix because you've got the slow, dumb zombies, you got the fast zombies, and you got the alpha hierarchy, whatever. Which maybe that's what you should be spending your runtime on. Give me a breakdown of like their their culture, I guess. But like, I don't know, man. I just I like simple zombies. <laughs> That's what that's what Land of the Dead should have been. Something where we get more into that. This sort of movie cut out this filler with this uh, with the zombies being zombie-ish together. We really don't need these scenes to communicate what's going on. You can cut a bit of that out. We don't need a lot of stuff with the security guy. Just put him in just once you shoot him in the knee, give it a few seconds, zombies come in, they take him. Then we maybe we see him again at the end when he's a threat again, very briefly. Yeah, um, I just I was really disappointed by this movie, man. Like, I I don't know. I doubt you had the hopes that I did going into it. Um, I was already fairly skeptical of its quality going in, but. It looks cool. Sure. I don't even think it looks good. Uh, so I guess that's the other thing we need to touch on. Two, well, two things with visuals. First of all, this is Zach's first film where he is doing the cinematography himself. Um, and I think it looks like shit. It's serviceable, but for Zack Snyder's standards concerning what we've seen before, it's definitely lacking, I would say. Because you get a lot of that, like, it has no, like, depth of field. Everything besides what's right in front of the camera looks blurry. Yeah, I did see quite a few of those shots, certainly, where we get a lot of -of out-of-focus shots as transitions to the next shot, which I found to be a very weird technique. Um, I'm assuming it's purposeful, because I'm certain that Zack Snyder knows that usually out-of-focus shots aren't supposed to be used that way, but he's trying to be experimental or something. Um, well, and so the other thing I think is because he usually shoots on film, uh, and this was shot digitally, and I think this this whole movie looks a lot like that nightmare sequence that he shot for Justice League that feels tacked on at the end. I think that with digital film, he doesn't know what he's doing, and anything with digital is going to look like shit. Because this whole movie looks like that nightmare sequence at the very end of Justice League. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's it, it's sad, but yeah, you oh, definitely. No. This is this is supposed to be a, like a grand spectacle of where we get to see Vegas in like faded glory, and we barely get any of that. Um, you get to see some neon signs. But that's not really. There's supposed to be like some uh, like faded wonder that you're supposed to get in this sort of, you know, set. But it just feels bland. Yeah, and, and it's a real shame. Yeah, because like if if he had just gotten Larry Fong or someone that he's worked with before, imagine this movie, but it looks like BVS did. Hmm. This would be an amazing film if it just looked better. I mean, it still would be have 
pacing issues, but at least I wouldn't be bored because there'd be something to latch on to. Yeah, do that. Get some of the editing to like trim some of the scenes down. Yeah, this could be a much. This would be a much better received film, in my opinion. And I budget for this between seventy and ninety million bucks. Box office one million. Okay, but to be fair, but, but of course, this is also Netflix. So who really knows what we're actually getting in terms of revenue, so as well to, as marketing and whatnot. But to yeah, I was gonna say to be fair, yeah. this had a very limited theatrical run, mm-hmm. and Netflix has come out and said it is one of their most watched like original films. Yeah, I'm always skeptical skeptical about what Netflix says, but I guess I'm not sure why they would lie about it. This one specifically. Are you ready for the prequel film and the anime? Okay. In all fairness, though, this this universe, I think, could make a good anime if done well. So I'm interested in that. We have zombie anime stuff. Um, It can be done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. High School of the Dead is fucking amazing. Like, I'm pissed it never got an ending, but... Yeah, well, the sad thing about that is, going briefly into uh, High School of the Dead... Uh, the writer's dead. He couldn't continue the story. He died way too young, unfortunately. Yeah, it's Which one of those things to... where it sucks it got it never got an ending, but I completely understand it. And all all of my thoughts and you know, to, to the family of the author, I'm yeah. obviously yeah. terribly sorry to hear that happen. Yeah, there's a lot of <clears throat> manga writers that unfortunately seem to die early deaths, which is very sad. Uh the writer for Berserk, he's dead too. He passed away recently, Kintaro, and he, or Kintaro, and he'll, he'll never finish that epic. And it's very sad. Yep. Back to other tragedies, Army of the Dead. So the other thing I did want to mention about this movie's visuals, and I do want to praise it for this. So the helicopter lady, Mm -hmm. she was digitally inserted into this film. Really? Okay, I didn't know that. She has never, she, uh, Batista talked about he never met her. I couldn't tell throughout the entire film. Okay, that's a praiseworthy element, yeah. Um, yeah, because the, the original person that they cast got a whole bunch of, like, allegations against him. So it's not yeah. a recast. It's uh, Chris Dalio, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, he's still he's still contesting it. I can't really make too many comments on it. Um, it it is impressive what they were what they've been able to replace almost pretty seamlessly. Yeah, and I I like her overall. I mean, uh, I love the scene where they go to recruit her, and she's just like, "Yeah, my life sucks. With two million dollars, it could suck less." Yeah. Great. I I will say in hindsight, I can then recall scenes where oh yeah. She never really appeared like exactly in the same camera angle or the same shot as the other characters did, but I can only recall that in retrospect. So yeah. I just don't think it's noticeable unless you're looking for it. Yeah. And even then, you'd have to be like, you'd have to like, like you mentioned, notice the camera angles and like, or look at her eyeball to see where she's staring off at or something. I, I think personally, it never took me out of the film. Granted, the movie being boring took me out of the movie, but... Yeah, for for me, uh... Actually, one character that I wanted to like but couldn't like was, uh... uh Dieter. The, uh... The vault guy. 
He's so annoying. I it, it's so sad because like an eccentric as a an eccentric character like that could do very well in a movie like this. We we've seen this type of you know the fish out of water guy actually be you know a thing that pulls the film up quite a bit, but he brings it down. He interrupts this action like montage scene in this this panoramic view to ask, "How do you kill a zombie?" I don't mind him not having experience in killing zombies because they're isolated to one city. But what I hate is the the joke that that movie in that scene ends on. But though, okay, but what if I bash them in the rock and it's it's trying to do that awkward like, well, yes, that that would kill them. Thing. Yeah, it's so overblown. It's like by this point, I understand why quite literally within the world building, perhaps that could be justified. But by this point, us as the audience. We know. We don't need it to explain it to us, and if we have it explained to us, it's going to seem obnoxious. Especially if it's elongated like that. And then he, from that point on, he's he's never truly competent until he gets to the safe. But even then... It's questionable. Yeah. I don't know. Pretty much everyone outside of Batista, his daughter, and the pilot, I thought they were all just kind of bland and expendable. That and the movie set kind of validates that opinion because they really are expendable. Um, you get some muscle, some gunmen, but other, but they don't really contribute a whole lot to the movie at all. Although um, I did, I did get a good laugh because uh, you get that scene with Batista and that one woman, and she has this like heartfelt scene with him where yeah. she's like, you know, I'm I've been waiting for you to realize that. You know, we could we could be something special, and in the very next scene, a zombie just snaps her neck. Her the actress's name is uh, Anadela Reguera, I think, and she has some experience in uh, HBO and like Amazon TV series. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've never I've never really seen her before in any other movie. I've not seen really anyone in this movie and other stuff except for Batista, of course. And the military guy at the beginning, yes, was in BVS and Smallville. Yeah, I, I recognize him from somewhere. I couldn't, I couldn't remember exactly where I saw him from, but I, he, I knew that he was a return. He, he is the pro, the Jimmy Olsen in BVS that everybody freaked out about because they killed him in two seconds. Yeah, I also recognize Theo uh, Rossi as a, uh, you know, the. Um, the really, really evil uh, security guy in the camp that they Who's, sacrifice. What has he been in? Because now that you mention it, he was he did look familiar. Yeah, he is. Um, dude, where is specifically? He's been in uh, Cloverfield. Um, is I've recognized him in more uh, TV stuff. Oh, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Oh yeah. That's that's he shades. Uh but he's also been in a few other like TV stuff like here and there throughout the years. Ever since uh, two thousand one. Um speaking of him, I guess that's gonna lead me into my next point. So I am all for horror movies with political commentary. We've watched quite a few on here that I think have really well and timeless political commentary. This movie does not. It tries to bring in the whole um I'm guessing, like, 
illegal immigrant like detention center kind of commentary to it. I don't think it makes any sense in this context, though. Because I can understand why you might want to quarter enough people coming in, but then why would you keep them there? It's zombies. If you understand that they're clean and uninfected, you want to get them out of there as quickly as possible. You don't want their, them to, to be there to be potential fodder. That's just a danger to everyone. And I think if you didn't bring attention to it, it would be like, yeah, that doesn't make sense, but I see what they're going for, and at least they were subtle about it. But because it's Snyder... He has somebody on the news just beat you over the head with what it's supposed to be. Here's an easy way that you could have fixed this. He doesn't do this, but there's an easy way to fix it. What you could do is you could say we are continually evacuating people from Las Vegas because we know of a lot of people who not only live in the space but also live underneath. And people are consistently coming out of the woodwork, but they don't do that. And then they make it political, and it's it's inserted there so sloppily. Also, and I think there's supposed to be something with the thermometer thing, but I don't remember for sure. I think it's maybe another insertion thing because of pandemic stuff, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I it's that stuff it's, doesn't need to be there. It's very odd, and it's very it's very distracting, and it doesn't really serve the plot at all and and honestly the whole b plot is rather intrusive honestly which actually doesn't doesn't really endure me to the uh the daughter that much because she's very she's very much not helpful to the group unfortunately yeah also a gripe that i have with a lot of movies that use nukes nukes are not just explosions they have nuclear fallout. And as much as I like to suspend my disbelief, all of those characters are dead. It doesn't matter if you manage to escape the explosion, the nuclear radiation would kill you. So, not necessarily I, instantly, but you would die eventually anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm more forgiving of that because that's just a movie thing. And this movie is already stupid. So that's it's like, true. yeah, it's, it's whatever. Yeah, and apparently we have our what's his what's his name? Um Omari Hardwick as Vanderhoe, who manages to can ever so conveniently not turn so quickly and actually somehow get on a plane having a bite this whole time. But still <laughs> It's so stupid. He should have turned much more quickly than that. And we established that he, people turn a lot more quickly than that. There's no reason for him to be immune or more resistant. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it's just one of those things where we have to have this tragic, overly tragic ending where, oh, yeah, things are going to get worse again. I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm more, I tend to try to be more optimistic about a movie and, like, yeah, horror movies often have that stinger at the end that's like, oh, but it's not over yet. Like, this isn't as a happy ending. This ending just felt like, well, we got to do a sequel. Yeah. Um, uh... I did like the opening credits. They're too long, which is indicative of the whole movie. But that's where you get most of the Vegas stuff because you get like the zombie showgirls. You get that. I think that's Richard Cheese again cover. 
uh, which is going to lead me into my next point. But I guess first, what did you think of the opening credits? So for me personally, I enjoyed the montage. I did not enjoy pink credits. I thought that was a very weird choice. But at the very least, if it's going to be pink, whatever, fine. Center justify it. Don't be this weird left justify text coming in. And I know I'm speaking as an English major. It's not aesthetically pleasing in the slightest. So I don't get it. I don't get the uh, what it is with that. But other than that, sure, I'm fine with it. It's one of the sections where we actually get a lot of the point where we can exploit the scenery of Las Vegas. Um, and I think it the- sets up a better movie than what we got. Yeah, which is a real shame, but at least we get something. Um, hey, what's up, Noah? Good to see you, man. Hey, Noah, how are you doing, man? So I'm going to use the opening credits to segue into my other major issue, issue with this movie, which we kind of touched on in Dawn. This has the most obnoxious music choices. Yeah. It's like we're getting another Suicide Squad situation. Yeah, yeah, Noah, we've been riffing, we've been tearing it apart for like man. 20 minutes. They cover the doors. I Why? didn't even notice that one. Which one is that? Oh, it's it's one of those see, landscape shots where I think they're on the road or something. They're on their way, and they cover. This is the end by the doors. Oh, okay. Why? So I'm you gonna can't cover that song. Well, I'm gonna bitch about their cover of "Bad Moon Rising." Oh, there's that too. No, there's because there's that a was lot of bad covers. So when I was listening to it in the movie, it's like. Okay, you know, this isn't the worst thing I've ever heard, uh, because it's not. I've heard way worse, like, slow, sad, mournful covers. But then I started thinking about it within the context of the film. Fuck no. Stop doing... If you want a song, just play the original fucking song. It can't be that hard. Like... I'm wondering if there's rights distribution issues with certain songs and then you have to cover it to get past certain restrictions or something. That's the only way I can justify that, those sorts but of I decisions would, in my head. Past but I would that think point, you'd still have to get the rights to cover it. Yeah, it's, 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 I'm not sure what's going on in the heads of the people who are choosing this music, but it, it doesn't work. The one that made me the angriest, mostly because it was the most obvious. Hmm. You cannot put zombie by the cranberries at the end of your zombie film. <laughs> no, that was probably, I mean, I complain about the doors cover, but that one was probably the most obnoxious. And they, it's <laughs> no, you don't, you don't do that. I love the song. Yeah, I do too. Work. It doesn't work though in this particular context. Oh my God. I lost it. Oh yeah. How about the acoustic version of zombie by it? Noah said, yeah, we, um... Was that a cover? Because I thought it was... I'm going to be honest, I thought it was the original. I thought it was the original, too. But then again, I tried to block it out because I was trying I was to ignore that and trying to take the film seriously, but I, I can't because... I was I was laughing too hard. Uh, yeah, I just... No. I will accept Down with the Sickness because in Dawn of the Dead because they use it well. I and it's in the credits, and it's fine. Well, it's we, in two we places. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because you get the montage with it, which is fine, because it's a montage. Yeah. And it's a co- it's it's a lighthearted version of the song. You know, it's like a swing, co- like jazz, big band cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it's just kind of like lightening the mood. And then you get it in the credits. He didn't put the actual song in the movie. 
That sex center with restraint in 2004, not at all an army of the dead. It's a real shame. And it wasn't a cover. It was just the acoustic version. Yeah, that's yeah. Cranberries did two versions of the song. I I wasn't day two. I'd like to listen to that acoustic version. I think that'd be pretty good. It's on YouTube somewhere, I'm sure. It's not in this movie. No. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to say. I'm, I'm just, I'm really disappointed by this movie. No, this movie feels gross. Probably, be, probably because of a lot of the production issues, the production hell that this concept suffered in. It's just a real shame. And the worst thing about it is that it doesn't really use Vegas very well as a as a background thing it's yeah. you could you could just put this in any other place with a casino or a bank or something and i feel like snyder forgot he's not making a dc movie anymore i think he's losing his touch unfortunately and his movies are becoming more samey unfortunately which is it's sad to say which i don't like to say about creators one of the things I like to give, like, you know, certain passes on people, at least he's trying to make something. But past this point, he's, he doesn't really have an excuse to make movies like this anymore. He needs to, you know, try a bit better now. But this feels like a Suicide Squad syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah. And I mean, if you like this movie, all the more power to you. I'm, I'm one of the biggest Snyder defenders that I know. I like almost every movie that he's made. I've only I haven't seen like the animated film and Sucker Punch that he did, um, but I like you know I like Dawn of the Dead. I, we just talked about it for like half an hour. I like Three Hundred. I like Watchmen. I like BBS. I like Justice League. I like Man of Steel. I this movie's atrocious. Um, I'm I'm gonna give it a two point five because there is some stuff in there I like. Like I said, I like Batista and I like the Zombie Tiger is cool. And I think with editing, this could be a three out of five. Um, but it needs to be re-edited, cut down, something. Uh, Snyder never ne- does not need to do cinematography ever again. I just don't think he's good at it. Um, yeah, I just, I'm. Super disappointed in this one. Yeah, for me, if you if you fix the editing and you know ramp up the pacing so it's a bit smoother, you fix the visuals, you fix the script by hiring a new writer, you uh, fix a bit of. There's too many fixes though, and unfortunately, because of that, despite the fact that I like some of the action and I like Batista, it gets me a a two. I think this is a below average movie. There's too much stuff to fix about it. I think that makes it salvageable. Unfortunately, the editing could make it a bit better, but there's still a lot of fatal flaws about this movie that just make it well. Yeah, this film is fine, but why would you want to watch this film and just not watch a better zombie movie? And there's plenty of those around. You know what's insane to me? What the writer of John Wick Three worked on the script. Yeah, for me, I looked at the writing credits. Usually, productions like this will get a main writer and then two others. So you get two essentially fill-ins, but I credit most of the script to Zack Snyder. 
because he's the one who has oversight. He's a producer and the screenwriter and the director. Who's going over Zack Snyder's head to make decisions? Certainly not Shay Haddon and Joby Harold. I've never heard their names before. They They're both kinda... worked on John Wick Chapter 3, which is a good movie. Yeah, but they, you also get things like uh, Awake and like King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, Transformers. These are kind of people that you put in just yeah, yeah, essentially to just, yeah, essentially. Yeah, I, I hope that Snyder works with a team that'll rein him in again. Uh, I think I think Snyder unrestrained can work. Um, opinions vary, of course, but like his cut of Justice League or BVS, which I am both I'm you know a big fan of those films. But this, I just I don't know what he was thinking. If it's just an experiment, like to see you know what he can do, like with different techniques and stuff, whatever. Like you made a bad movie either way. Um, and if it, I'm almost if thinking sense. I'm too generous with the 2.5, but I I don't know if I would say it's below average. Well, hey, Noah agrees with me. He gives it a two out of five. So. <laughs> but I mean, if it helps, if this experience helps him make a better movie later, then I will enjoy that theoretical movie. I don't really want to give too many passes to this one, considering how long this has been cooking. So yeah. There are worse movies out there on Netflix, but there's also a lot of better movies on Netflix, too. Yeah, I mean, I sat through the Bye Bye Man. Like, this is better than the Bye Bye Man. <laughs> there are better movies with Dave Bautista. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, if you want to see a bit of a cameo with him in the beginning. I've got to watch that. It's a good um, movie. So, yeah, and then needless to say, of course... And I, I'm going to speak for Milton because I'm pretty sure I know his answer, but neither of us want to see the skin. No. I, I saw it twice, and that was... Just like, oh, no, so man. I watched it last weekend when it first came out because I wanted to get ahead of any spoilers. Mm-hmm. But I always rewatch a movie, even if I've just seen it recently when we're doing the show. So I watched it again today, which is why I was late because I had to keep pausing the movie to do other stuff. But yeah, t- the second time I was just like, I... This is exactly the same experience I had the first time. Uh, so, Milton, I have a couple of different ideas for next week. Um, we can spin the wheel. But I don't know about you, but I'm still kind of in a zombie mood. I feel the same way, actually. So, why don't you look on the list and see what if we have anything paired with Dawn of the Dead 1978. That is a good question. Let me look. Dawn of the Dead. Uh, Noah, since you weren't here while he's doing that, um, the remake of Dawn got a 4 out of 5 from me and a 3.75 from Milton. Yeah. I don't think it, I don't think Dawn of the Dead is even on this list. Which is very strange. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, Austin's not a big fan of zombie films. I but, thought I'd put something on there. But so why he, don't Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, hit me with your idea first. It might be better. But here's my idea. So we've seen Night of the Living Dead. The next movie we could watch could be Dawn of the Dead and then Day of the Dead. Finish you know up the trilogy. My only issue, though, is we didn't do the original. We did the remake of Night. Oh, no, we did. Well, 
I watched the original. If you remember the episode, I talked quite a bit about that. But you know what? So my original idea was to do Dawn and Return of the Living Dead because they are both in their own way sequels to Night of the Living Dead. Hmm. But I think I like your idea better. So let's cap out the um, Romero... The Romero trilogy, I guess. It's the trilogy, but I don't know if I want to say cap it out because we never really actually did the original movie. But let's let's keep the zombie train going with Dawn and Day of the Dead. And then at some point we'll go back to night and cap cap off the trilogy. We've already done it backwards because we did Land of the Dead first. (laughs) I could always bring out that graph that I put in of... uh... Night of the Living Dead with, like, Tom Savini's remake and uh, do the comparison between the Uh, two again. I guess guess the other thing, I'm going to go back to Snyder's Dawn of the Dead real quick, Mm -hmm. uh, because I I find this interesting as well. This, his, that movie also has a director's cut, but it's only 10 minutes of different, and I'm pretty sure it's just, like, gore stuff. So I don't know about you, but I watched the unrated cut, and there's some cool gore in that movie. I saw the unrated cut as well. Yeah, it's good. I don't know if I need extra gore in a zombie movie if it already has plenty to spare. I'm not opposed to it either, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what you think of those movies. Uh, next I, week, guys, yeah. Dawn and Day of the Dead. I'm really looking forward to these movies. I am too. But yeah, that is going to be it for I think for tonight's episode of Haven of Horror. Bilton, as always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy making you watch these things, even when it's Army of the Dead. <laughs> I didn't hate it too much. It's just, it's like, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Oh, just wait till we get into some of the, like, uh, exploitation, like, 70s and 80s. Uh, no, I've, yeah, we, we'll get there. But <laughs> then I, he's really going to hate me. But, I uh, I love the history of film, so going into exploitation cinema is like one of those things you you have to get into um, to understand the history of movies. So, but uh, thank you guys for check for hanging out with us. If you're watching this live, if you're listening to this after the fact on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, wherever, thank you uh, as well. Follow us down on so- on social media down in the links in the channel description. And we will see you guys next Saturday for two more excellent Romero films. Thank you for watching, everyone. Peace out.